It's Monday, and you know what that means? It means that it's Hangover Monday, and that the prestigious award goes to Dr. Peter Hotez, stooge at large in the pro-vax industry. And as always, I'll get to that at the end of the podcast. And I've had a request to limit the chatter to about 17 minutes, so that's what I will endeavor to do. So I don't know if any of you have heard about this Titanic submarine sinking. That's right. If you're rich enough, you can spend about $250,000 to go on a submarine to go visit the Titanic. Now, here's the problem with all of this. Apparently, there was a submarine that has gone missing. So this is for the uber wealthy. Where did it go? Nobody knows. Apparently, the last time I checked on it, they had about 72 hours left of breathing air. Now, Here's the biggest problem of them all. The Titanic sits at the bottom of the Atlantic at about 12,500 feet or 3,800 meters. The submarine that supposedly was going to go visit the Titanic is only good until about 1,600 feet. So what else is it going to go and do for the rest of the dive? How could it reach 12,500 feet if it only goes to about 1,600 feet? I would like to know. More than likely, they're looking for something else. More than likely, they aren't really visiting the Titanic, just like the original expedition that found the Titanic really wasn't looking for the Titanic. If you go back and do your studies, you'll find out that what they were really searching for was a submarine from the Soviet Union that went missing in the area and they stumbled upon the Titanic and then they came up with this brilliant PR story. Oh, we found the Titanic. We were going out there to find this ship and look what we found. Never really mentioning the Soviet submarine. So once again, we are being speckledorfed. And because of this, I suspect that they found some kind of potentially ancient ruins off the coast of Kanakistan. Uh, because if you look at where the Titanic actually is, it is pretty much situated just off the Atlantic Shelf uh, by Canada, I think, or by Nova Scotia, if I remember. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if you to do any sort of mythological studies. Atlantis possibly went off the coast over there or submerged over there, and they potentially have found something near that Atlantic ledge. Uh, wouldn't be surprised at all. Look on, into other people that are seemingly obsessed with Atlantis. Hello, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, probably the Democrats, probably the uh, environmentalists, you know, the Green New Deal gloom and doomers, because they always talk about land sinking or water rising. But in reality, if you go back and look at any sort of Steiner work, or uh, Edgar Casey work, they always talk about land rising, not water rising. So they're going to try to fool you to believe that the water is rising when, in fact, it ain't. Okay, so bear in mind for that. Keep a lookout. I would also like to know exactly the backgrounds of the individuals that went missing on this supposed submarine. So I am assuming there is a lot more there that we need to learn about. FBI is taking a page out of the War on Terror era. So what are they doing? That's right. They are basically grooming people on the autistic spectrum to become terrorists. And this is from the DOJ's own press release. They arrested 18-year-old Matteo Ventura of Wakefield, Massachusetts, because he was financially 
supporting ISIS. Guess what? He was indicted for knowingly concealing the source of material support or resources that he intended to go to a foreign terrorist organization. Now, here's the problem with all of this. He never gave a dime to any terrorist group, and they convinced him to produce gift cards with small amounts of cash on them. So what are they going to do? Is that what this is really all about? The FBI agent told Ventura not to tell anyone about their intimate online relationship about donating gift cards. This is this is the same playbook that they used with Act Blue during the 2020 election cycle. They would have all of these foreign dignitaries, right, uh, give big, big, big cash amounts to all of these Democrat PACs in the form of $100 gift cards. And since those gift cards can be anonymous, they can purchase literally unlimited amounts. And Act Blue can cash them in and do as it sees fit with those gift cards. Same process here. And The Intercept picked up this story. Contrary to the sensational narrative, the terror of that fed to the news media of terrorist financing, the charging documents show that Ventura gave an undercover FBI agent gift cards for pitifully small amounts of cash in $25 increments. In his initial bid to travel to the Islamic State, the teenager balked, making up an excuse by the FBI's own account to explain why he did not want to actually go when another opportunity to travel abroad arose. Ventura balked again, staying home on the evening of a supposed flight. By the time the investigation was winding down, he appeared ready to turn in his purported ISIS contact, an FBI agent, to the actual FBI. So you clearly have somebody that ain't all that bright being confused and groomed to be a supposed ISIS financier and also being groomed by the FBI itself. The FBI has done this time and again. All you have to do, remember the underwear bomber? Remember the shoe bomber? Don't you remember all of those stories? Those individuals were basically autistics with borderline Down syndrome, and the FBI just told them what to do, and they did it. The FBI is not doing anything useful. All they're trying to do is generate a headline by trapping people with mental conditions it's in order for them to get their funding and also to prop up this degenerate administration because they're an absolute failure. So they need some kind of story to get people distracted from the, this disastrous Biden administration. But thank goodness we've got somebody on the way to help out and make you understand just how significant this Biden administration is. This comes from the Summit News. Guess what? You'll love this Biden press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. She said, without any bravado, a year in this role as press secretary, there's been a couple of things that has made me incredibly proud. Many things have made me incredibly proud to be at that podium during this historic moment. And this is a historic administration. I am a historic figure. And I certainly walk in history every day. But this is also a historic-making administration because of this president. It is certainly that, sweetheart. I remember when you came out on stage your first day, and the first thing you did 
was that you said everybody is going to respect me because I am a female, I am black, and also I am a clam diver. I am married to somebody on the CNN staff and I'm a lesbian. Oh, so that really trumps any kind of credentials or actual real-world experience you have. Oh, I'm a minority and I like women. Big effing deal. Can you be any more self-aggrandizing and obnoxious than what you already are? Disappear. Nobody wants to hear from you again. Nobody would be sad. So what I did over the weekend is I went on sabbatical and I did an enormous drive. I met up with Greg Bolden. I ended up in uh, North Carolina, and I visited Raleigh. I visited Charleston and uh, – no, Charlotte, not Charleston. Uh, Charlotte, and I uh, drove back up. And guess what happened across the skies? I noticed that there was barely any blue sky up there, almost none. And everyone that tells you, oh, I just never look up at the sky. Well, clearly you don't, because if you did, you would realize that there is this weird, bizarre, milky, gray slash white chemical haze. It could be bright outside. You could see shadows. But ask yourself this question. When was the last time that you actually saw a blue sky? You may see a very, very faded blue, and in front of it is this thin veneer of gray schmutz, gray and white chemical haze. It almost looks like humidity, but it really isn't because the air ain't all that humid. I drove through the mountains, and do you know what kind of mountains I saw? Almost none because of this weird, bizarre geoengineering nonsense. The World Economic Forum is behind this, and all of their powers that be and all of these individuals and groups, I've said this time and again, the planes that you see creating these chemtrails across the sky do not show up in any flight tracker app. So the question remains, who is spraying this stuff? Is it state? Is it the feds? Are they contractors? Are they transnational? Do they even belong to the United States? On and on the questions could go. So this is part of this green agenda. This is part of this Agenda 2050 by the United Nations and also in coordination with the World Economic Forum and industry. They came out and they said they want to see 75% fewer private car owners by 2050. And ultimately in 2050, they want to have zero emissions. In other words, they don't want you to have any kind of fossil fuel engine anywhere. I brought this up time and again as well. It's not about making things green. It's not about protecting the environment. It is about locking you down. It is about controlling your freedom of movement. And it's also about a social credit score, a an environmental credit score, so that you have a certain amount of carbon credits that if you don't use, you could sell to a richer person who can jet around the world on their own private jets, just like Bill Gates. And then you'll be stuck in your 15-minute city. So what else is part of this? They are insisting that we need to stop global warming. We need to stop climate change. So what are we going to do about it? Well, we can turn to the Scientific American from 2012. Lauren Morello. 
from Climate Wire. Geoengineering could turn skies white. Hmm. Efforts to reflect away the sun's rays might also make the sky whiter. One of the many reasons why distrust, why many distrust geoengineering schemes. Very good. I've said this. Many people have noticed it, especially in the last two and a half weeks. There has not been a solid blue sky in a very, very long time. And it's not changing. It seems as though they've reached critical mass where no matter what you do, no matter what they do, they have blotted out the sky with this white crap, whatever it could potentially be. So what do they propose in this Scientific American article? They propose by shooting tiny sulfate particles into the upper atmosphere, it will deflect sunlight and it could turn the blue sky white. Now, Here's what you have to be aware of. Cloud seeding is not new. It's been going on since the 1950s. They usually use silver or something or the other. But now they're talking about sulfate. Adding enough sulfate to the stratosphere to block 2% of the sun's light would make the sky three to five times brighter, they claim. And that <clears throat> this, that is roughly the level of sulfate geoengineering needed to counteract the warming, supposed warning, that would result if the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere climbed up to a certain part. So now they're also saying the world might be cooler, which is not good. The blue skies would become a little less blue. Even remote, sparsely inhabited areas would lie under a whitish sky resembling the haze that now blankets cities like Paris. Oh, my goodness. And now here comes the fantastic thing from Ben Kravitz, a postdoctoral researcher at Carnegie Institution. Yeah, they're not compromised. People who are used to living in New York might not notice a difference, but people in the mountains might notice a difference. What happens when you put a layer of sulfate aerosols into the stratosphere? They scatter light, but they don't scatter all light equally. It could be blue light, could be red light. Now... That is very important to understand. Why? Because if it's scattering light, if it is reducing the amount of light that gets into our environment, that means that you're going to have lower vitamin D levels. It means that you are going to be more unhealthy because you aren't getting the necessary levels of vitamin D that you really need to get from the effing sun. So that leads us down the road to Elementa, science of Anthropocene. I can't really read it because it's really tiny, but this comes from the University of California Press. Stratospheric aerosol injection may impact global systems and human health outcomes. You don't effing say. You, you're telling me that aerosols being injected into the atmosphere to alter the climate could have a negative impact on human health do go on. And so they once again propose shooting SAI, sulfate injections, or this in this case, stratospheric aerosol injection. That's what SAI is. But they also propose shooting those sulfates into the air. All of those items will contribute to pollution. It will also alter ozone and UV radiation levels. It will create 
biogeochemical cycling issues. In other words, the nitrogen cycle. It will alter the nitrogen cycle. It will increase monsoons and tropical storms. It will also alter your health. Now, this is a massive, massive study, and I'm desperately short on time by keeping to the 17-minute uh, ending here. I couldn't think of the word as I'm scanning through desperately, but continuing along. ATSDR. This is from the CDC, Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry. Medical Management Guidelines for Sulfur Dioxide. So in other words, sulfur dioxide and sulfates are pretty much the same thing. They just have a different type of property, right? One's aerosolized, one turns into a physical particulate, and lo and behold, they're almost about the same kind of deal. So what is the nonsense that we could be experiencing? One, if you inhale it, you could have really, really bad effects with your eyes, mucous membranes, skin, respiratory tracts, bronchospasms, pulmonary edema, pneumonitis. How many times have I brought up pneumonitis during COVID and acute airway obstructions? Inhalation exposure to very low concentrations of sulfur dioxide can aggravate chronic pulmonary diseases such as asthma and emphysema. Sulfur dioxide reacts with water in the upper airway to form hydrogen, bisulfate, and sulfite, all of which induce irritation and could cause reflex Bronco construction increases and it will uh, increase airway resistance. Doesn't this sound a lot like what we've been experiencing over the past two years, past three years, especially with COVID, right? Sounds very, very familiar, especially when you look at pulmonary edema, which is what? Pulmonary edema is usually caused by, guess what? A heart condition. Other causes include pneumonia, exposure to certain toxins and drugs, and also being at a high altitude. So if you're looking at something that is caused by a heart condition, I just have to wonder whether or not pericarditis, myocarditis could lead to more issues, especially with this geoengineering getting away. And in 2019, on August 30th, my, what a date. This comes from Scott, Signs of the Times. NASA admits climate change occurs because of the changes in Earth's solar orbit, not because of SUVs and fossil fuels. Wow, isn't that funny? In the year 2000, NASA did publish information on its Earth Observatory website revealing that the planet is, in fact, changing due to extraneous factors that have nothing to do with human activity. And this information will not go mainstream, and it is not going to be brought up to the public anytime soon. What happens is what causes all of this change is, in fact, the way the planet wobbles, and the way the planet gets around the solar system if you are a follower of the heliocentric model. So it is far less about SUVs and far more about where the Earth is along its path. And finally, Hangover Monday goes to none other than 
Dr. Peter Hotez. Now, I've spoken about Dr. Peter Hotez. I always found him to be a stooge when, especially during the COVID crisis, he came out. He was on Joe Rogan. They also said, oh, look at this. He seemed as though he was one of the better vaccine scientists and doctors. I never believed it for a second, simply because, one, he's got the underbite of a bulldog. He looks perpetually confused. He vied for Dr. Fauci's former position, and it also looks as though he has a taxidermist for a barber. In other words, he looks like he just rolled out of a trash bin. He looks remarkably unhealthy and His teeth look as though he's been chewing on dip for the past seven years. So what happened? You had Joe Rogan over the interwebs say, guess what? We want RFK Jr. to debate Dr. Peter Hotez. And I'll give $100,000 to whatever charity Dr. Hotez would like the $100,000 to go to if he, in fact, does it. Well, well, guess what happened? In 24 hours, that hundred grand turned into $2.6 million. And Peter Hotez said absolutely no i won't do this the first thing he tried to do was get a conversation going with rogan offline he cited a few other articles oddly enough mr hotez goes straight to vice and their articles which we all know are electronic birdcage liner i wouldn't even wipe my butt with vice even if it was a physical copy which it's not So I wouldn't wipe my digital butthole with vice. How about that? So Dr. Hotez is very upset, and he went on MSNBC with Mehdi Hassan, another stooge. You know the attacks from the anti-vaccine lobby do come in waves. And this time, though, it's been one of the tougher ones. The stuff online is just total wackadoodle. Really? Is it, Dr. Hotez? Because people can read? Because people can look up words? Because people can read the effing studies and interpret data? The FDA's own data. The CDC's own data. Pfizer's own data. Dr. Hotez, you are nothing more than a bought and paid for idiot of big pharma. You are part of the fascist pharmaceutical industry. And he even goes to the fascist extreme by saying in science, we don't typically do debates. What we do is we write scientific papers. One doesn't typically debate science. Maybe the one-off discussion on evolution versus creationism and that sort of thing, but that's not what we do in science. Look at what he said. We don't do debates. One doesn't typically debate science. In other words, what I say goes. What the FDA says goes. What the CDC says goes. Thou shalt not question Big Pharma and its rubber stamp agencies when it comes to injecting people with experimental gene therapy prophylactics where the studies do not even stop until 2027. And even then, You're going to have at least another two years before any of this mRNA crap is going to even be introduced into the market with an approved version of it. If anything over the last two years has shown you is that these people like Dr. Hotez and Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins and Dr. Burks and her awful scarves, they have a vested interest in poisoning you. They don't want you healthy. They don't want to treat 
the illness. They want to treat the symptoms. They want perpetual illness so that they have perpetual patience and annuity for big pharma. And that revolving door between agency and big business continues to roll on for decades to come. This whole arena needs a massive enema. And I hope it comes soon. That's going to be it for me. This is the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. Don't forget to be the lovable fuzzballs that I all know you are. And like me, find me, share me all across the fruited plain.